Channel 4 have been on the phone, Bush. Um, sorry, welcome to everyone else who's uh, been in touch and uh, listening to this uh, episode of uh, the Hometime Podcast. Um, they've cancelled Remote Roulette. What? But we were really I advanced know. in the talks. I know, I, I, I know. Um, I've just hired out a 200-square-foot uh, studio in Elstree Studios in London yeah. for the whole filming of it and everything. Uh, I, I'm absolutely stunned. Uh, they said they thought it was going to be something that would run longer than two episodes. Uh, they were they were sort of very much thinking, who wants to be a millionaire, different, even onto a different host now. Right. Uh, they, they were disappointed with the longevity of, um, of Remote Roulette. Listen, if... if Gary Lineker is allowed to do a TV show where people, as far as I can tell, change seats, right, in a line, yeah. then how on earth are we not getting the clearance for what is a fantastic, fresh take on the whole where's me remote question? I don't know. Uh, um, Hometime listeners, do please email them. Yeah. Uh, channel.4 um, at, at tv.net. Dot yonder. <laughs> Here's the show. Shout out to baby Stella. Two weeks old tomorrow, can you believe it? Little star. Uh, lovely little baby in our life at the moment. It's pretty hectic, I'll be honest with you, as having a new baby is. Uh, and the thing that I'm finding the most... This sounds really petty, but the thing that I'm finding the most stressful is that um, I'm someone that needs leisure time in my, in, in my life. I can't just go to work come back, kind of do the dishes, go to bed, wake up, rinse and repeat. I need to waste and fritter away a bit of time, whether it's like PlayStation or board games or just something else. Do and babies I mean? and leisure don't necessarily go hand in hand. No, and this is it. And I'm finding a real squeeze on it at the moment. Not Hardly playing any like PlayStation at all, which is like, it's in the back of my head. So I'm looking at ways of sneaking it in and I've had a bit of an idea. I'm thinking about getting up before the rest of the family. Okay. Right, so I have to ninja it downstairs because our three-year-old is up like a shot if she even hears me. I'm thinking about getting up before the rest of the family so it's like still dark, going downstairs, firing up the old PlayStation, and no doubt it'll have a system update. That's what happens if you want to play for a bit, system update. But anyway, playing PlayStation for like an hour before everyone else gets up, then get on with the rest of the day. It's a solid idea. Uh, may I ask what time you're going to bed at the moment? At the moment, we, we probably go to bed about midnight. Okay. Half eleven midnight. So you're looking at around about four hours sleep. Yeah, I'm going to go down the Maggie Thatcher route. <laughs> Didn't she survive on four? Yeah, it Didn't harm her, did it? <laughs> she was all right. <laughs> um, no, but so, like, I reckon, do people, like, people must get up and do stuff. Because, you know, in the evening, it's really hard and everyone's you're knackered when you get back from work. Surely people get up and, like, do things they like before they start, everyone else wakes up and ruins it. I would 100% back you up on your little system. Uh, over the lockdown last year, when I wasn't sleeping very well, I'd wake at around about half four, five o'clock. You're lying there in bed thinking, well, this is a waste of time. And then I yeah. decided, no, no, this is the best time to go downstairs and fire up my simulator. So I did. I'd fire up the Xbox, have a go on my little train sim. Oh, these you're doing train sim. Was, yeah, which is similar to what you would be doing, but maybe not with a simulator. So you're... Your, your other half, Natalie, was asleep, the rest of the family was asleep, and your, what line were you rattling around, unbeknownst to them? Oh, it could be any of them. I think that yeah. at the time it was Paddington to Reading. What, what a route that is. Yeah. So, well, that's, I like it, and you're probably better off. You feel good, like you've got your leisure time in early. Exactly. You, and you're ready for the rest of the day. Exactly, and then you can help out around the house and all that. And I don't mind sitting through EastEnders when I get in from work then, because I feel like I've got my good time in. You've had your time. I've had my good time. So, look, 
The fella from Pritchard Media says on Twitter, there's absolutely nothing in this world that I love enough to get up super early for. Isn't that... I think that's bad. That's sad. You have something in your life, some some other stuff. And we're asking tonight on the show, do you get up super early to do something that you love? Um, we've got a new baby at the moment and not getting much time to play PlayStation because so tired in the evening, changing nappies left, right and centre. I'm thinking of getting up before the rest of the house does and getting an hour in each morning. Kevin tweets, uh, he says, Bush, you have pretty much described my Sunday mornings. Get up early to play the PlayStation for a few hours before the five-month-old interrupts me. That's it, they interrupt, don't they? But it's not just computers, it's other stuff. Ricey and Barlow in Leeds, uh, they say they get up at 5am to go to the gym and thus get the drop on their enemies. My producer Adam's just pointed out that I've incorrectly said how old she is. She's three weeks on Thursday. Terrible, terrible dad. It's how tired you are. It's tiredness, isn't it? But uh, it means I'm not getting much PlayStation time, so I'm thinking of getting up early to play a bit of PlayStation before the rest of the house wake up. Mark says, Bush, a tale of caution... Uh, I wake up at 6am, I have an hour of PlayStation with a coffee before everyone else gets up. My two-year-old started to hear me and woke up when I got up. She's now four and still gets up at 6am. <laughs> That's awful. Gary says his wife gets up at 5.30 most mornings to watch Little House on the Prairie and the Waltons on the Hallmark Channel before the kids get up. That is unbelievable. <laughs> no offence, but if you're going to get up, make it worth while. Uh, Debbie, what are you getting up for? Um, I get up to see my horse and go and ride. Um... Often in the dark. <laughs> wow, so uh, what's the name of your horse and what do you normally have to do whilst it's freezing and you're there in muddy wellies and stuff? Um, it's called Jasper um, and it's, it's pretty old, so I have to go and I have to ride him quite regularly to keep him moving. You couldn't yeah, pop by mine afterwards as well, could you? Because I feel like the same sometimes in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming to ride you. <laughs> I must admit, the moment you said it, Bush, I was thinking, what are you saying to oh, me? Careful now. Fantastic. Well, I don't really know where to go from there, from here. Well done for providing the best line of the show. Nothing that me nor him say until seven o'clock tonight will beat what you've just said. Oh, awesome. That's my idea then. Hey, lovely to speak to you. Take care. Bye. Oh, thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Dan in Devon says, uh, me and my uncle, we set our alarms for first light and go surfing. Uh, wow. In the night of summer, we would set the alarm for 3.45. We're in the water by around 4 o'clock, home by 6.30. Everyone else still asleep. I love that. I love the commitment to it. Uh, Aaron in Wigan says, I get up early to build and fix my nitro remote control cars, building engines, rebuilding the body and chassis. And if the weather is decent, I take them to a big car park and play around with them. Fantastic. Good lad. Uh, we've got Stu on the line. who has a hell of a routine before he goes to work. Uh, Stu, tell everyone what do you do with your day? Basically, I start with a bit of transcendental meditation um, for 20 minutes. And I also do um, mindfulness affirmations. Yep. And once all that's done, then I do the Wim Hof technique, which is a breathing technique, uh, which gets you all lightheaded and is very good for you. Uh, and then a bit, a bit of Duolingo, and then I'm ready for the day. Wow. Can I pick you up on the Wim Hof technique? Because I'm yeah. sure Natalie's been telling me to try this at home, but I think it involves a cold shower as well. Have I got that it's wrong? A, it, no, no, it's a two-part thing. So you do, there's a breathing technique, which is a part of it, uh, which lasts for like 11 minutes. There's YouTube videos and lots of things. But it also, uh, there's a cold shower part of it as well. Oh. So you have your normal, you have your normal um, hot shower. Yeah. And then after the hot shower, then you turn it to, to as cold and you stay in there for as long as you possibly can. Uh, and then, yeah, and, and you scream and you shout and you make lots of noise, well, at least I do. I think uh, Natalie's probably yeah. telling you to do the naff-off technique <laughs> We're followed by a cold shower. <laughs> so what, where, where do you go and do this, though? Because I can't imagine a place in our house that would be quiet enough to go and do your meditations. Where do you go and do your meditations? Oh, just in, in the living room. My partner could sleep with, with a dip for the dead, basically. <laughs> Sounds like there's things we can all learn here from your uh, morning routine, Stu, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I could be of some use. <laughs>
been so bowled over by some of the brilliant stuff that you guys get up to. Uh, we've got Darren on the line. Darren, tell us what do you do whilst everyone else is asleep? Battle uh, metal detecting. I like to go early before everyone gets up and uh, get in the fields while the sun's still rising. The mist on the field, you just can't beat it. Wow, so you are, is that the actual phrase for it, a detectorist? Detectorist, that's correct, yeah. And is there a few of you that go out and do it, or do you go, you're a solo detectorist? Uh, I'm, I am a member of a club, but when I get up that early, I'm normally out solo. Darren, okay. the natural question that I'd want to ask in this situation is, what is the thing that you have found that makes it worth getting up at 6.30 in the mist like that? Uh, in 2019, I found a Roman hoard, coin hoard. Oh, my word. Wow. How, how much would that be worth? Uh, I've, I don't know. It's still currently going through the uh, the treasure case at the moment. Oh, yeah, so this is interesting, though. So say if you find, like, a you know, a Viking cod piece made of gold, whatever, <laughs> is you, how much of it do you have to give to, like, the the, the country? Or like, what, what's the split? Um, it depends what your agreement is with the landowner. Uh, my agreement with the landowner on that one was 50%, so we'll get 50 each, 50% each. Oh, wow. So Farmer Giles gets 50% of the, the the gold coin hoard for doing now? Uh, well, it wasn't the gold coin, it was silver coin hoard, but yeah, he will get 50% for, well, for allowing me on there. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have found it. Darren, this sounds fantastic. I, I think in the future there's a high chance you might be joined by a couple of DJs. Yeah, would you take on some newbies? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, come along. Uh, no news on uh, on Henry, our contestant from uh, yesterday's Through the Decades. He won, but you might remember his van had broken down. Hopefully he's got his winnings and fixed that van. I'm still obsessed with him because someone mentioned it on text. He's the poshest plumber they've ever heard in their entire life. He was a posh plumber. Maybe he only does, like, gold and silver pipes. <laughs> uh, we'll get him back on, we'll ask. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what won't be happening after five, and that is Through the Decades, because we're writing some new questions. It's taking a pause. But if you want to play it yourself then you can obviously try the smart speaker version. If you've got your Amazon smart speaker, ask it to open through the decades game. You can test your knowledge. So, a bit of a, a bush update. I've started running. This is great news. Start, I didn't think I'd like running because you, know, you drive past people who run and you just think, oh, God, that looks terrible. Why are they putting themselves through it? But uh, go back to what we said earlier on with having a new baby. It's quite nice to be out of the house for half an hour. Uh, so I've been enjoying it, but there's a little thing that happens when I run that's ruining it for me. Uh, and it's not like nipple rub or sore ankles or anything like that. It's nothing to do with that. Uh, it's politeness that's ruining it for me. It's Britishness that's ruining running for me. And, and it's this. I feel like I should wave to other runners when I'm out and about. If I run past a runner... Yep. Like, what is the protocol? You can't just, like, ignore them because you're both doing the same hobby. If I, if I bumped into someone else who's playing board games, I'd be like, all right, oh, brilliant. How you doing? Yeah, great. I can't just run past someone else who's also running and just you know, not look at them. Am I supposed to wave? I would say it's a judgment call. As someone who loves his running, a little yeah. bit lapsed at the moment, but I love my running. So you've done marathons and all that stuff, haven't yes, you? Yes, yes. What you've got to do is you've got to judge, I think, you've got to judge how much pain the person that is coming the other way looks like they're in. Okay. If they look like they're coping with their run, I think give them a little nod. I, I, I never necessarily wave, but I give them a nod. Yeah. Um... All if, right. If, like if they look like they're coping, if they look like they're in pain and it, it's a horrible run, just eyes down, just just keep going. But wouldn't they want that support if they're flagging really badly? Then surely they would want the support from a, a fellow runner, right? No, because I, I would say that 
I would say they're looking at you thinking, look at him, he's loving his run, he can even afford to wave and nod. I I can't, I'm grimacing. See, the thing that's made me nearly, like, short-circuit on this, and this is why it's actually almost ruining it for me a bit, is two situations. First of all, sometimes I run round Chalkwell Park in Leon C, and I did it the other day, and I I was going the other way to this girl that kept going, so we were passing each other literally about 15 or 20 times. I thought, I can't keep waving at her, this is ridiculous. (laughs) And then the other one is the the seafront in Leon C. If you go for a run down there, there's hundreds of people jogging so you'd be you'd be doing you'd be like the queen you know the changing of the guard hand out the window and it's just where does it end so i don't know i feel like i feel like i need to resolve this before next time i even go out the house (laughs) so you're supposed to wave at other runners when you run past them or like you see each other and stuff like that don't really know what the protocol is Uh, alex says uh, i give them a nod if they're looking like they're dissolving in sweat and pain otherwise i leave them alone so that's the opposite of what you were saying. Most people are the opposite of what I say. That is, uh, that is, that is the sign of things. I mean, there's there's so many different sort of groups that that have the reciprocal wave. You've got you've got your runners, but equally, you've got your mini drivers. You've yeah. got your bus drivers. My mum and dad had a bongo friendy van. I remember. Yeah, and I remember when I was a kid, if you drove past someone else who was also driving a bongo friendy, <laughs> give flip, uh, you know, tip of the headlights on a wave. If there is some kind of uh, job that you are in or. Uh, uh, a group or a role that you have where it is required for you to wave at each other. That is the thing. We would love to hear about it this evening. Shane bought an Alfa Romeo last year. He says, suddenly I became aware it's rude to pass another Alfa driver without doffing your cap. We're in the style over substance group and proud. It gets complicated, though. Dave from Wokingham says, guys, are we waving? Bikers wave, but there's subgroups within that. So sports bikes don't wave at cruisers. Harleys only wave at other Harleys. And BMW riders don't wave at anyone. Uh, Ned, who are you waving at? Painters. Painters? I'm a painters. I'm a painter. I'm a painter. Just to confirm, you reckon that painters wave at other painters? We're painters. We're painters. So, so, all right, so you're, you're just driving down an A road and you see another, paint, another painter coming the other direction and you wave. When you're out for your tea, see me out for your tea. Right, yeah. You look at your team, you pass other painters and you wave to them. Yeah. So if you saw an electrician go the other way, would you wave at an electrician or is it just painters that you wave at? Just painters. <laughs> Ned, I don't, want, I don't want to press you as if you're in the dock here, fella, but how do you recognise another painter's van? I mean, if it's another dust car or another bus or something, coming, you, you see it coming, but no, it's but just any old transit, surely. No, you go to your overalls on, you see another painter with his overalls on. Right, so you look out for the overalls, like another Mario brother or something like that. When you go to the, you go to the chip shop or something like that, you see a got eggs or something, you see another painter and you wave to them. All well, right. Well, well let's, if people listen to this now, if you're, you're, you're in the trade, you're a painter and decorator, if you wave at someone else in, the, in your own trade, then do let us know, 8, 12, 15. That's what I'm An update on painters waving at each other. There is more of a thing going on than we thought. Uh, Darren Texan says, another painter is a brother of the brush. This is getting ridiculous. Uh, the heartwarming sense of community if you wave at other people who do the same job or have got someone to do with the same passion as you. Tell us about it. This text says I work for Ocado and we wave at other Ocado drivers and other supermarket delivery drivers. I initially thought it was just my area. I worked at other locations. Apparently it's a thing. Uh, this text says I'm a paramedic. We're a pretty friendly bunch. We wave at other ambulances, other emergency services. However, the amount of times we've waved by mistake at a yellow Morrison's van is way too high. Glad it's not just them doing that. They're in the trade as well, aren't they? It does look like an ambulance. Uh, We've got Palm on the line. Palm, mate, who do you wave at? At Driving instructors. (laughs) Okay, so driving instructors wave at other driving instructors. Oh, yeah. 
Now, is that a solidarity thing? Because you both, you know, you, you see another driving instructor and you're thinking you're both up against it? Uh, no, it's, it's just like a camaraderie type thing because we're all sort of, in, you know, individual businesses, but we, uh, we do tend to see each other quite often on the road and at the test centres, so we tend to wave. OK, and then is, is that bad that you're, like, waving and that when you're supposed to be keeping an eye on your, your, your student, making sure they don't, like, drive over a roundabout and stuff? <laughs> But, so so we, we, we tend not to put our heads out the window and sort of like, you know, and, and wave. It's just, a, it's just a, you know, it's, it's just a quick sort of like, you know, like a high five type thing. But, you know, obviously you're not going to expect a high five back. On a driving instructor question, uh, just, just a little yeah. thing, because you obviously all like work in your neighbourhoods. Do you sometimes like go down a road that you think, oh, this would be a really good road for a three-point turn? And you get into it and there's another driving instructor already doing a three-point turn and think, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't normally happen with the three-point turns because the three-point turns aren't on the driving test anymore. However, oh. it does happen with parallel parks. <laughs> and then you, you might be out and about then. Do you see someone and think, I'll log that in my mind, that's a good place for a parallel park later on? Uh, yeah, 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 definitely. Brilliant. Well, we've always said we need a, we need a second trade in yeah. this job, don't we? Watch this space. <laughs> awesome. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Palm. Uh, do you have any learnings at the end of this 60 minutes as to whether you will wave at uh, fellow runners in the future as you take up this running little hobby? I don't know. I, I feel I feel quite confused by it. I think I'm going to have to run completely in isolation or with blinkers on because I, I don't know what to do. It's, it's almost it's almost distracting me from the, the actual run itself now. I've got an idea. We started the show by you getting up at uh, 4.30 to go downstairs on your PlayStation. I reckon Go up, get up early, go out for your run, then you won't see anyone. Oh, can you imagine that? Imagine me in a pair of shorts in Chalkwell Park at five o'clock in the morning. I think there'll be a few questions. Bush Ritchie and producer Adam with his Don Johnson-esque linen white jacket. It's a Wednesday <laughs> night. Hope you're doing all right. Uh, I think I've uh, accidentally stumbled across uh, a brand new formula. I'm looking at my uh, to-do list, things that I've got to do this evening. Yeah. Um, and it's not very exciting. Uh, I've got to go back home. I've got to catch up on some admin and I've got some shredding to do. Right? Do you shred? I do shred. Why, why are you, you shredding You should shred for? too, my friend. Never shredded in my life. Anything that has your name and address on, don't just stick it in a bin. You should shred it. Genuinely, if any criminals want to have a go at like my financial situation, they're more than welcome to it. <laughs> it ain't going to be, you know, getting to Monaco, that's for sure. Yeah. Lucky to get off uh, out of the United Kingdom. But to make sure that I, I did this, because there is some uh, some pretty urgent stuff that needs sorting, I put it in my diary and I was just having a look, thinking, oh, what have I got to do this evening? And I saw in there it said admin and shredding. And I thought to myself, that sounds like a pretty lo-fi backstreet law firm. Admin and shredding. Admin and shredding sound like a law firm that would advertise uh, <laughs> like an insurance thing in a local cinema. Do you get local out yes. business Absolutely. Call admin and shredding on such a. So I, I think if you look at this is this is what I'm thinking could be this formula. If you look at the next couple of things that are on your to do list and yep. put them together, does it sound like a backstreet law firm? Well, for me, potatoes and Brian. <laughs> Here at, here at Potatoes and Brian, we pride ourselves on 100% customer satisfaction. <laughs> Got to get some potatoes on the way home this evening. I need to sort out a drink with Brian, producer Brian, next week. Billy Potatoes and Brian Brian. Brian Brian. <laughs> it's a partnership made in heaven. <laughs> Paul Barker has texted to say, did Richie just say he had go home on his to-do list, or did I mishear that? <laughs> I should have made clear. Go home was not one of the... To- <laughs> so that was just that was just a given. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> 
I don't have to remind myself to leave this place. Trust me. Uh, no, what are the top two things on your to-do list? If you put them together, do they sound like a backstreet law firm? Uh, for me, it's admin and shredding. We think it does. Cook and tidy has just come through. Do you know what? The, the, part of me thinks they sound like a law firm. Certain ones, like cook and tidy, sound like something you might see at Butlins, an act. <laughs> Well, all right, let's work with it. What do Cook and Tidy do? I've got a feeling it's some kind of state... You remember Big Cook, Little Cook? Yes, I do, yeah. It's like along the lines... One of them's got a giant wooden spoon. So it's like a kid's entertainment kind of thing? Yeah, it's for the kids. All right, OK. Although this one definitely isn't for the kids. Gary's one is evening injection and static. I've been exploring a new little system uh, that the next two items on your to-do list, if you put them together, sounds like uh, some kind of backstreet uh, legal uh, office. Not sure how it's gone. Uh, gates and guttering, says Rich. Wow, well, uh, they sound like a northern comedy duo. <laughs> uh, and Sasha says, uh, butchers and lip balm. Not sure I'm taking any uh, legal advice. I want to see Gary Gates and <laughs> Bobby Guttering. <laughs> Fantastic. Sorry, one other thing. Just, it's just popped into my head now. I meant to ask you this earlier on. Uh, how was Burns Night last night? Because you were doing Haggis. Burns Night was fantastic. Was, was it good? I, 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 I need to commit to buying Haggis more often. I, I, can't, I, I could... Do without the uh, the neeps and the tatties. I have to be quite frank. It's normal mashed potato or chips or something. Exactly, right? yeah. But uh, and the sweet and uh, the parsnip. But the haggis was absolutely fantastic. Loved it. I, I saw the photo that you put on uh, on like Twitter last night. Um, I, I was just about to kind of keep scrolling, and I thought, on a minute, I zoomed in a little closer. I thought to myself, is he drinking desperados with that? <laughs> <laughs> on Burns Night, the night of having a scotch or that kind of thing, and there's just in the corner of the photo yeah. there appears. I mean, you can clarify this. Yeah. There, there appeared to be a bottle of Desperados. <laughs> do you drink Desperados? <laughs> I do. I do. I do drink Desperados, and I was drinking Desperados. It's not scotch, I'm afraid. Um, last night, no. It was I, I've never met anyone who drinks Desperados before. I, it, is it? Is that a thing? Yeah, tequila infused lager. It's great. Really? Yeah. So if you were to turn up at a party with a case of Desperados under your arm, what's the vibe that's given off to people? I would say. I would say right now with my hand on my heart and I think the two million home time listeners would back me up in a heartbeat on this someone walks into a party with a, a pack of Desperados everyone else in the room looks at that person and thinks party's just arrived there you go. There's your Home Time Show podcast. Can I just say, that right at the beginning, when Richie and I were talking about uh, the trials and tribulations of whether our uh, quiz show... What's it called? Remote Roulette. Re- remote You've got to remember re- the name. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's, maybe that's one of the pictures for them. They're not going to buy it if they're thinking the hosts aren't truly into it. Can I just say that our producer, Adam, was texting right the way through us talking there. Was it? I was on Tinder. Oh. Different. It's just... It's like living with a teenager, it isn't really it? It really is. It really is. Yeah. Grade A material being conducted in front of him. This is my love life, guys. I think we're going to have to monitor screen times <laughs> in this room. Sorry, don't let you into our little family arguments, but that's where we're at, folks. That's where we're at. <laughs>